the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Welcome to Black and Right. Coming in I am your host, Verlon Galloway, sitting in for John Anthony while he's on vacation, recharging his batteries so he can bring the pain in the new year like only he can. And you know, for me, this is a privilege. Every year I try to step it up. And this year, I've done it again. I've got two guys in here, my friends. One, Dennis Rebellary. Revaletti. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to mess up one word. Names are, you know, we mess up names around here. But he, he knows it's all love. And my new friend, Richard Irvin. You know, um, I saw Richard Irvin on TV. And I was like, wait a minute. I know that guy. I know that guy. I had to call him. I said, man, I see you making big moves, man. And he was like, oh, man. He started laughing. I said, I said you know what I want you to do? I want you to come on the show. When I'm doing the show, not when me and John are doing the show, when I'm doing the show and tell the audience about the big moves that you're making. And so what I want to do is I want to start off slow. I want the guests to tell you what they've been doing. Dennis, you know, he was a candidate recently and we're going to get into all of that, too, because Mark Vargas has been on a tear. His first show after the election, he was on a tear. And I'm going to go into that. And my commentary as well. Uh, but, Dennis, what's been going on with you since the campaign? Near and dear to your heart, anything positive or whatever your commentary is? Well, there's a lot of positive there, Verlon, and thank you for having me back on the show. And hopefully John is recharging his batteries. Um, you know, after the election, it was a very disappointing loss, but um, that happens to all of us. It's not the first time I've lost an election. But moving forward, I'm very blessed. I have a, a beautiful family. Uh, I have a law practice. I'm a township supervisor. So I've been continuing on uh, following that path. One of the things that I've been working on is that Addison Township residents passed a mental health board, and uh, they call it the 708 board. And uh, in the next 60 days, I have to put a mental health board together. They are going to make recommendations to the township, and uh, we will be eventually at some point loving resources uh, to fund mental health to fund substance abuse, and to fund uh, residents with disabilities. So I've kind of dove into that and uh, trying to catch up a little bit on the law practice because sometimes things get put on the back burner, as uh, uh, America's mayor will tell you about. It's hard when you're you're crisscrossing around. Uh, And then spending some family time. You know, my son came in from Florida State uh, for Thanksgiving, so we're blessed with that. And he'll be home next week. So looking forward to spending some family time and 
and always enjoy being a part of this show, Verlon. I really appreciate it. I mean, I couldn't do it without you guys. I'm not one of those type of hosts that can just look at the wall, yell at the wall, and talk about whatever. It's some host that's blessed with that. They can just talk to the wall. I'm not that guy. I like to talk to people, and I like to have a discussion. You know, and we're going to move into a lot of different topics. Uh, one in, in the last hour is going to be very sensitive. but um, And I want to get your opinions on it because it's a tough topic. But I want to turn to America's mayor. Hey, how you doing, brother? How you doing, Richard? Good to be back on with you again. Right, thanks. Thank you for coming out. Thank yep. you because you, I know you're busy. You're a busy man and you're an important man. And I and me, this little old person talking on the <laughs> microphone, and you come out to talk with me, I, I'm, I feel blessed and privileged. Man, it's my pleasure. So, Tell the listeners about the why I called you, you know, the the big move that you made. <laughs> well, it, it, we've got a lot of stuff going on in Aurora, you know. And matter of fact, I during my, the campaign and my run for governor, I know we'll talk a little bit about that, a little bit about that later, uh, politics. But we've done more economic development in the city of Aurora in the five years that, that uh, my administration's been in place than the last 50 years and all those mayors in those 50 years collectively. We've done more than them in 50 years. We've done in short five years. Uh, Roar is about 48 square miles and we've got, and we break it up into quadrants and we've got economic development going on, going on in every single quadrant in the city of Aurora. Yeah, and I, I know sometimes when, you know, you get a mayor come in and talk about a city, you talk about it proudly and you say, Oh, I've got all this going on. I'm serious. We actually have economic development going on. You know, in every part of, of the city of Aurora, new residences, new business, new retail. Uh, and recently uh, we just uh, signed uh, an agreement with the Hollywood Casino to build a three hundred and sixty million dollar Vegas style casino resort in the city of Aurora. Oh, 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 oh resort. Yes, yes sir. Does that yes. mean I can come get a room and I can stay? You can come get a room, stay, get a massage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> whatever whatever you need, man, you you're gonna be able to you're gonna have it. It's gonna be uh the the nicest casino in the state of Illinois and one of the nicer in the country outside of Vegas. Uh so they have doubled down in the in the city of Aurora. We have one of the original licenses. So we have a Hollywood casino in our city right now, but it's a small, antiquated casino. It was, like I said, one of the first. So they weren't really building them for anything other than coming in and gaming. Mm-hmm. But uh, as the market changes and, and, and uh, the way people look at gaming changes and, and the fact that they have to compete with, with so, other, so many other uh, new licenses throughout the state, Hollywood Casino stepped it up. Penn Gaming owns Hollywood Casino, Casino yeah. and they stepped it up. And they're building this casino off of the riverfront. Now, when casinos first went in, they're required to be built on the riverfront. Matter of fact, if you remember back in the day, they used to actually have river boats that would actually go out in the river. Mm-hmm. You could only gamble when they're out. Right. And then they changed it to barges uh, about uh, eight years ago. But uh, Aurora went and lobbied Aurora. I personally went down to Springfield myself and lobbied to change the law so they didn't no longer had to be built on the riverfront mm. or, or connected to any body of water so they can be land-based now which is how Chicago is going to be able to build their casino. Now, doesn't that take networking? That takes a whole lot of networking and working across the aisle and right. getting things done. Mm. You know, nothing happens in a, in a void. This is hard work, man. I put some elbow grease in there, get my hands dirty. I think some conservatives need to learn a lesson from you. And so, so after, you know, we changed that, uh, that, that legislation, you know, changed the law, and we, we convinced. Now, I had, to go, I had to go sell this idea to Penn Gaming. It wasn't their idea. It was 
it was my administration's idea to move the casino that was that was dying on the vine and, and landlocked in, in the middle of our downtown versus out to the expressway uh, across the street from our uh, Chicago premium outlet mall that attracts eight million people per year. So when I can we convinced them finally that it was in their best interest and they'd make triple the revenue, triple the revenue almost immediately from where they uh, uh, from the revenue they're making being in our downtown. They said, hey, this makes perfect sense. And it went from them them wanting to spend 200 million up to 250, up to 300 and says, you know what, we're just going to go all in with you and we're going to spend three hundred and sixty million dollars building a casino. And they're going to break ground in uh, the second quarter of uh, next year and and by uh early 2025 you know we, we will have a brand new casino resort in the city of Aurora. i like how that sounds casino resort <laughs> but before i go off on a tear in the differences of your mayorship and the mayorship we well i don't i've moved to indiana but the mayorship they have here in chicago what are you going to put in the place of where you move the casino from well um, that casino currently sits on about an acre of land in our downtown, right on the riverfront. In Aurora, we're an old city, 180 years old. We got old infrastructure, old old bones, you know, uh, old buildings that have some of them, you know, 120, 130 years old, still standing. You know, matter of fact, we've redeveloped a lot of those and turned those into uh, turn those into usable usable properties, prop uh, uh, condos and apartments and, and office space. So we haven't had a high-rise residential building built in the city of Aurora in over 100 years. That location right on our riverfront will be home to the first high-rise residential, you know, over 25, over 25 floors. Uh, that'll be the first in 100 years built in the city of Aurora, and we're going to make it happen in this administration. Well. I'm going to have to start visiting Aurora more often. Come on, come on home, brother. Come oh, on man, I'm going to come up there and hang out. <laughs> but see, this is the difference between someone who knows what jobs mean to their city instead of a mayor that loses jobs for her city and a governor that loses jobs for his state. You know, we lost Caterpillar. We lost Bowen. Mm-hmm. You know, Citadel. McDonald's is talking about leaving. I heard something about Tyson. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look at the tax revenue that you're losing. Absolutely. And look at the jobs that you're losing. Man. Aurora is succeeding despite the failures of uh, the leadership in the state of Illinois. It's because of uh, this administration and, you know, what I've surrounded myself with, the most capable, committed individuals, other leaders like myself that, that push Aurora forward. So we're going to be successful re- despite the state. But this is what I was looking to take to the state. You know, well, when I when I was running for governor, should I have been successful? You know, and, and, and there's three pillars. And when we come back from, uh, from the commercial break, I want to talk about the three pillars that if we apply those, whether locally or to the state or even federal federally, we will always have success. Well, don't don't turn that down. We got more black and white coming up. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be right back. Don't put your blame on me. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Right now, there's a fringe element within the Republican Party who'd rather be part of subtraction to make their point as to using their heads and finding a way for us to be able to compete on a statewide basis. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, Verlon Galloway, and um, 
Let's get straight to it. You know, Mark Vargas has been on a tear. I just had I just had a few questions, but um, his first show after the election, he said, "Fire all conservative political consultants," because we had conservatives that was in the earshot of maybe winning, but money, monies wasn't spent the right way in his view I'm sitting here with the former candidate that was winning not an earshot of winning winning the whole time but only had $300,000 in his war chest going up against 4 million but because he may differ on one issue He's a pro-union Republican. But on every other issue, you line up perfectly. And and I'm going to tell you, it's been some hosts. Mike Gallagher. Um, I was listening to um, Tatum the other day. And he was talking about the Buckley rule. But he only talked about one part of it. He talked about get behind the candidate that can win. That's what he was talking about. I always talk about when he say, if he, if the conservative candidate lines up seven out of ten, it's conservative enough. But nowadays, if you differ on one issue, one, you're not conservative enough, and they won't back you. We need to learn how to win. We got to bridge this this fracture. I keep talking about it. This fracture. In the party. Otherwise, what are we doing? What are you doing? Do you want to burn it down? Is that what you want to do? Because Jim Durkin, he said, uh, we, we're into subtraction right now. So it's either burn it down, you subtracting, or you just want to stand on principle. That's fine. And I heard other commentary, uh, commentary about the hill you want to down. Okay, well, look. The Democrats are playing this game. Ballots. Mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, early votes. And we're talking about, let's just show up on election day. Lose, lose, lose. Mike Gallagher and Brandon Tatum have been talking about, listen, you got to play the game. It's legal. I know you think it's dirty. You know, I know you think it's dirty to mail-in ballot, ballot harvest. But guess what? Your only other choice is to move out of Illinois. Because it's not going back. It's not going to change. It's not going back to the way it used to be. And I'm going to get into that too, probably in the second hour, about people being stuck. A lot of black people stuck. A lot of white people stuck in yesteryear, the heyday. Well, it's not that day anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to give it to you, Dennis. You know, from what I was just talking about, what, what uh, Mark Vargas was talking about, and, you know, some of the hosts. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the conservative principles and conservative consultants. Um, I don't know what conservative is because conservative is in the mind of the beholder, right? And if you want to do a litmus test on who's conservative, as I've told constituents, if I've told these consultants, um, you can pick five votes that I've had. I've voted thousands of times on things. You could pick 500 things. You could say I'm the most liberal person you've ever met. I'm the most conservative person. I'm a rhino. I'm, I'm a Democrat. You can call me any name you want. One of the things that you have to do is represent the people in the district that you're from. 
You are a mirror image of those individuals. And so when I represented a district that includes Northeast DuPage County, that is almost all right now 95% Democrat, and I held that seat in the face of a challenge from Mike Madigan in the 13th Ward every two years as a tier one candidate, I'm sorry. We have a lot of union members. And guess what? As Republicans turn a blind eye to Republicans who are union members, then you're already losing a population. But that's fine. Continue to talk to that constituency that believes we're in South Carolina or Texas or Florida. We're not there. This is Illinois. So politics is a game of addition. And so when you already alienate people, and you already tell me I'm not going to help you because you're not conservative enough. My polling data had us up two points to four points after being attacked by $2 million. Now, I know that's not anywhere near what the, what the mayor was attacked with on a statewide scale. But when you represent an area that has 220,000 people, and every time you turn on the TV, all you see is Dennis Rebeletti is the most dangerous, extreme person in the world and i don't have enough ammunition to fight back and then you then when people really what they're saying is i'd rather have the democrat than you because you're no different that's garbage it's that's complete insanity my voting record on the second amendment on 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 personal issues on family issues on economic issues on crime and criminal justice I have thousands of votes and years of representation that people can judge that. But if you don't like that, then go find another right-wing person to the far right of me to go ahead and find that person. So what? They can lose by 25 points, but we'll say, you know what? We need more conservative people. We need to find people that fit their district, not find a principle that we believe fits everywhere, because now this is more of a downstate party. We don't have any suburban representation. We have no Republican suburban congressman. Our closest congressman, that is a Republican, is Darren LaHood out of Peoria. Give me a break. Now, gerrymandering and the theft of democracy does not help that. But if you don't want to help Republican candidates, if you don't want to get closer to 60 votes in the House and, and to get to 30 votes in the Senate and, and bring whatever type of, of group together you can cobble together to get that gavel so you can make policy decisions, then it really doesn't matter. We can all be to the right of one another and we can continue to lose elections and we can continue to point fingers. But ultimately, uh, I was a supporter of Mayor Irvin, and I was attacked for that. I've known the mayor for a long time. He's a good man. He's a principled man. I thought if anybody could thread the needle in this cycle, it would have been him. So he didn't, was not successful. I supported Darren Bailey. He was, did not play well, obviously well in DuPage County. Look at DuPage County. It's run by a Democrat chairman. It has a, a majority county board members. So are we going to now blame, say, the county board members that lost as Republicans? They're not conservative enough. We have to start building from the ground up. But if people don't want to do that and take the time, 
then it's not going to make a difference. So you have to start. And the fact of the matter is previous political leaders, when they saw the difficulties I had in election cycles in Northeast DuPage, said it was his fault, meaning my fault. Instead of saying DuPage County is changing there's a there's something coming over us. Oh, we're okay down here. We're okay out west. We're okay down south. That doesn't mean anything. Things are changing, so you need to change with it. How do you win that district? That should be the number one question. And when I can't go raise money from some of the biggest names, and people know who those names are, and I can't get the financial resources to go on Chicago Broadcast TV. Think about that, Mayor. I got to go on Broadcast TV so that I can tell people from Carroll Stream to Elmhurst to Hinsdale what I'm about. That's what I have to be able to do. We spent $350,000. I thought we did the best we could. We were up on cable. We're the only Republicans up on cable. We bought the best we could. We, we did the best we could with mail. You have, you're out on the street. You're doing everything you can. But every day when people are telling me from Will County and up in Winnebago County and Lake County and Kendall County that they're seeing commercials against me, think about that. These, the Democrats have more money to burn than you can possibly imagine. They gerrymandered the maps. And we're going to point as Republicans say, no, it's, it's Mayor Irvin's fault. No, it's Dennis Rebeletti's fault. He's not conservative enough. We had a very ultra-conservative run for governor. How did that work out, everybody? How did that work out? So we need somebody more conservative now? <laughs> or do we need to take somebody who could thread the needle, depending on what that four years looks like? So it's time to think about how do you grow the party? How do we win? How do we build this thing back up? Well, the only good thing I can say about your campaign is they didn't try to, the conservatives didn't try to tear you down. I guess you was conservative enough where they didn't, you know, uh, send attack ads at you like the Democrats and like they did America's Mayor Richard Irvin. You all stay tuned. Mitchell, Jim, I'm going to take you after the break. Stay tuned for more Black and Red. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Welcome back to Black and Right. I want to get straight back to it. This past election, we got beat like government mules. When you do the same, you get the same. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over, over, and over again and think you're going to get a different result. My thing is, if you're not going to support, stand out of the way. Just get out of the way. You know, Dennis, you did do him that favor. Didn't support him, but you got out of the way. But America's mayor tore him down. My thing is, if we have the same thing next time, whether it's a moderate, independent, whatever, that flies the Republican flag, don't tear them down. Just get out of the way and see if their strategy works. Because this is a deep blue state. America, America's mayor says it all the time. This is a deep Blue state. A hardcore conservative can't win. Get it through your heads. A hardcore conservative can't win. You're just blowing smoke. 
let a moderate try. Hell, hell Ronald, Ronald won. I was just talking to a patient at work last night, and he said, you know what? And he's black. And I'm going to get into it. You know, I'm trying to stay away from the racial stuff, but I'm going to get into it. Guess what? Black people enough supported Ronald what he won. Goes back to the black vote I've been talking about for a whole month. But he won. Now, he didn't do what you wanted. He tried. And guess what? He upset a lot of black people because what he do? He started cutting that money that was going to home care workers and all the rest of this stuff. You know, the type to just take care of their family. He cut that. He did a lot of stuff he tried, but he couldn't stand up to the Democrat mob. I believe Richard Irvin could have. But try something else. That's all I'm trying to say. Try something else because what you're doing right now isn't working. Let's go to Mitchell from Desplaines. Hey, what's up there, Verlon? What's going on? Your distinguished guest. Uh, you know, I just got my second installment of property taxes. And, you know, this whole idea that Pritzker, a.k.a. Fat Albert, uses a Democrat machine to delay the second installment was done by design. Because when you talk about votes, he purposely delays it because during an election cycle, if people were to look in Cook County, their actual second installment of property taxes and see the increase despite there of a casino, despite a dispensary, hmm. it's a, the state is basically corrupt. So the fact of the matter is, is that on WCTG, David Hochberg, I called him and I said, you know, the same exact thing. He's like, no, it's all, it's really, it's uh, Tony Prentical and Pappas. And that's just a deflection. Fat Albert uses those people because he knows the majority of the votes come from Cook County. And that's how, that's how, that's how JFK got elected. Not downstate. It's a corrupt state, Berlon. And listen, to, to Mr. Um, you know, to the mayor, of, I'm glad to see that you're, you know, taking uh, or leading by example and creating economic development. And I'm sure it benefits you, you know, tenfold. It doesn't represent the state. And I would love to see how the people get what I call the property taxes that are going towards those casinos. They'll never see a light of it, mayor. And you know it. You know why? Because there's too much greed. When you're dealing with a casino or dispensary, you know well inside out would be totally transparent that to get the deal done, there's the payoffs. And the, and the taxpayers are the ones that are carrying the water for these deals. I hear you, Mitchell. I don't know what we're yelling about. I hear you, Mitchell. Don't forget about the tolls. You know, yeah. don't, don't, you, don't, don't forget about the lottery. Don't forget about all the other ways that they make money, Mitchell. This is a corrupt yeah, state. Yeah, but Duran, to your point, the lottery was supposed to do that. Nothing ever came of it, right? We can all agree on that. That's another ruse. Then you talk about all these things with the, with these dispensaries, right? I have one right in my a municipality and a casino, and my second installment went up four times because the, the public schools, is, as you know, uh, Mayor, it's eighty six percent funded by the taxpayers, right? It's the only, it's 86%, and only 14% come from the federal government. So every school teacher, it's like monopoly money. And there's no oversight, you guys. For a lot, we've talked about this for years. Mayor, look, you've got a corrupt state, and if you think that the average citizen, okay, understands the mathematics, you're dead wrong. Because the temerity is, is, is the legislation. 
Do you know that there's not one other state in the union that has 86% that funds the, the what I call the, the public school system? And you want to know why we have such failures? I mean, wh- wh- why has that combination been changed? How come it hasn't been changed? Well, nobody's going to check into it because this is what it's about, Mitchell. As long as I get mine. The welfare recipients get theirs. You know, the working poor gets a few tax breaks here and there when it comes to the end of the year. As long as I get cut in, that's all that matters. That's Chicago politics. Thank you for the call, Mitchell. Uh, Jim, I'll get you right after the break, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Black and Right. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm going to go straight to the phone. Jim from South Elgin. Welcome to Black and Right. And a sponsor of this show. Absolutely. Good uh, good show, uh, guys. Interesting topics. And uh, I had a chance to go to the mayor's uh, ball last night. It was well attended. A great uh, bunch of people from all walks of life. And uh, the one thing I say about about Mayor Irving, he's a great cheerleader for his town. They've done a lot of stuff. I have a friend of mine. Her father was Arnie Morton, Amy. She has a restaurant there. She's very grand, grateful for what uh, what the mayor did to help her get her place established and keep things going during COVID and things like this. And also, uh, you know, they're moving the casino to a more have a, you know a better traffic area along Interstate 88, and then downtown where the casino is going to be, they're going to build a high rise, a, a high rise development. And see, that kind of leadership uh, is a pro growth pro-jobs type of action, and uh, 50 years ago in Oak Park, for example, there was an old grade, an old grade school that had closed down uh, right near the L track and the Metro line, and the guy, somebody wanted to put like a Marina City Tower development in there, and people said, oh, the architectural skyline was going to be too tall, and blah, 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 so it got shut down, and of course it never occurred, and during that same time, they started building all the malls out in uh, Stratford and Oak Park and stuff, so downtown Oak Park was was a ghost town for a long time because they didn't think positively, and and so now when you go to Oak Park, what do you see around downtown? A bunch of small high rises, because when you grow the population up, you keep the base there, and that's what they're going to do in Aurora along the river. That's a very good, creative uh, thing. So a lot of people should be aware of that, and it's all out because of the, uh, Mayor Irving's leadership. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you for the call. I know the uh, I know America's Mayor want to piggyback off of that. Hey, how you doing, Big, Big Jim? Big Jim, that's, that's yeah. my buddy there, man. I appreciate you coming down and hanging out with me at the mayor's ball uh, yesterday. And, and no, it was it was a great time. Yeah. And uh, no, no, I didn't in the office in the office today. No, he, no, he faked up, huh? me out. He faked me. Out. I wasn't even going to mention it. I, you know, I know you was waiting to call in and uh, take Ricky on, but he faked me out, man. So oh well, that's right. It's it's still a good show. So carry on, guys. Have a good one and uh, very interesting topics, everybody. Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, and let me piggyback on, you know, what Jim said as, as far as being a, a cheerleader. And that's what a leader has to do. 
you have to you have to be that person to go out and bang the drum for your city, for your state to actually make change. And, and I talked about three principles that if you implement these three, I call them my pillars of success. You implement these three pillars, you will have success in any city throughout the state and then the whole state. You know, but people have to recognize, you know, it's a hard work. You got to do it. The first one is education. You know, no one wants to move to a city where the school district doesn't provide appropriate education for the child. Now, we know in Illinois that other than Chicago, the school districts are their own uh, taxing body, their own government. But you have to have a partnership with them. We have six different school districts in the city of Aurora. When we took office in 2017, we created what's called the Education Commission. We bring all those school districts together, sharing best ideas, best practices, resources, and and we were able to raise our, our, uh, our test scores for all of our high schools up substantially just in three years because of working together in the partnership with the municipality and our school districts. Um, well, let me ask you something. Go ahead. You have unions? Yes, we do. Teachers unions? Yes, we do. How do you deal with them? Well, yeah, listen, uh, you know, just as Dennis pointed out, we've got a lot of folks in unions, you know, in our around the state and in our in our municipality. Our police officers are, are in the in unions, and we all... I love our police officers, and we know we need them. You know, we back the blue. Our firemen, they also are in a union. And, we, you know, we love our first responders. We need them, you know, as well as, as, well as our teachers. You know, we, we, we need our teachers, good teachers, teaching our kids and making sure they provide a good educational foundation with reading, writing, and arithmetic. And we've got to focus on those things and not the other silly stuff that oh. folks are talking about. Oh, we're going to talk about that, too. Right. Reading, writing, arithmetic, man, to create a strong foundation. You know, and, you know, we, we create partnerships with, with our, our, our unions and say, listen, you know, I, I may not agree with you all the time. And, you know, I'm conservative I, uh, and I, I may not necessarily, you know, uh, want to be a part of a union or, or think that a union is what would be most successful for me. But they exist. We're in Illinois, mm-hmm. you know, so we have no choice but to work with people. And, you know, we look at unions like it's a monster. You know, these are people. You know, that are just looking to collectively bargain to get their needs uh, addressed. I'm that not, that I'm, goes back to what I said. People are still stuck in the past. They're stuck in the past. Listen, you know, coming from management, I'm going to negotiate with our unions hard on their contract. But once we agree to whatever that contract is, you know, let's let's work together and make sure we can do what we need to do for our municipality, you know, and for our state. So so let me get back to these pillars. So you, I got education. So improve their education. Next one, safety. You know, you need a safe community. No one wants to live in a community that, with drug dealing, drive-by shooting, and gang banging. We see that in Chicago with folks leaving by the droves because, you know, it's getting too violent. It's starting to spill out in areas like the Magnificent Mile where it never existed before. On the north side, we got the folks that are able to afford it that have to hire their own security in their neighborhoods because the police, you know, no one wants to be the police anymore. The police aren't able to to police to to their uh, to their satisfaction. So they have to hire private security to protect their homes. That's unheard of. You know, so in Aurora, we've got more police officers on our force now than in the history of our city. And not just paramilitary police riding around in black and white waiting for something to happen. They are all being proactive, you know, instead of simply being reactive. Out working our communities, identifying, you know, who the good neighbors are, who the bad neighbors are, working with the good neighbors to clean up the community, to clean up their neighborhoods. And it makes a difference. We were able to, you know, 10 years ago, we had an average of 30 murders a year. Aurora is one of the most violent cities per capita, per capita, United States of America. Now, Wallet Hub says we're one of the safest cities in America. You know, and we've reduced our, our, our murders from 30 to less than less than five in, a, in the second largest city in the state. Unheard of. And we'll talk about what that third one is, economic development, which is key. 
jobs and opportunities to make for success of any community. Well, when we come back from break, you just take it. All right, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Black and Right. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 Theater. Welcome back to Black and Right. America's man. So, so as I was saying, those those three pillars, the first two I talked about, first, education, which we've improved in the city of Aurora. We need to improve around this, and we need to do the same thing around this whole state. Second is safety, uh, where we've uh, we've reduced crime, all crime, whether serious crime or, or, or misdemeanor crime. Uh, we reduced it in the city. Safety is important. The last one is economic development, jobs and opportunities. You need growth. And we've, as I pointed out earlier uh, in the segment, We've done more economic development in the five years that my administration has been in place than all the mayors have done collectively in the last 50 years. And because of it, we're able to reduce our tax rate from 2017 to now by 16% by raising, and we raised our EAV. We've added a billion dollars of value to the city of Aurora in just five years. We've, uh, we've got the, one of the lowest you know, unemployment rates throughout this entire state, and we're just going great guns. And because of it, 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 it creates a synergy. It's a domino effect. You knock down that first domino, that first development goes up. Other developers are looking, at what's going on in Aurora? Well, I want to go develop something there, too. That's because we, you know, our motto is, you know, we're open for business. We are looking to do economic development, build and grow our city. We're not just going to call ourselves the second largest city for nothing. We're going to act like it. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, sounds good to me. You, you have anything to add to that, Dennis? You know, as I said off the air, when I was on city council in Elmhurst 20-something years ago, the the city of downtown uh, needed development. And you had to have strong leadership. We ended up taking a grocery store, making into a condo and townhome complex. That was the initial anchor to which then the next person came and said, I can develop this property. I can build an office building. I can build apartment buildings. I can build condos. I can bring retail and that's what you have to have that vision because you, you want people to stay in town, right? And you want them to stay there for the entire life cycle. I'm a lifelong resident of Elmhurst. My parents moved there in 1967. They set roots down. My father worked at the, at the print shop in, in downtown Elmhurst. I worked there. Again, union household, right? Union wages. Um, but at the same time, show, what did he teach me? My father taught me. My mother taught me the, about hard work. Nobody owes you anything. You go out and earn it yourself. They also taught me that... That being an elected officer in, in public life and our public officials and police, fire, public works, all these folks, these are honorable professions. We don't teach that anymore. Everybody who's a, a politician is an evil thief. These people are bad people. We all have families. We all try to do the best that we can for our communities. Not everybody does that, but again, 99.9% of them are trying to do the right thing. But you got to have a vision. And it doesn't matter if you're the mayor or your township supervisor. Do your job and do it the best that you can. That's what sets the tempo. That's what shows leadership. And then you're able to take that maybe potentially to the next level, be that governor, U.S. senator, state senator, whatever. So you also have to show that you have the chops to do the job. And a lot of times we have people who want to step up and they want to be the governor right away. They want to be the mayor right away. Hey, you know what? Make your bones at the library board. Start somewhere and learn the process. Work your way up. That's how I was taught. You, just, you can't come in and be the boss. you got to come in and learn the job. So, it's a, it, it, look, Illinois is crucial 
for the nation and economic development. We have all this infrastructure here. What the mayor took over and what the mayor saw was, a, was opportunity. Just like when I took over our township, we had an old building. It hadn't been maintained. So this is an opportunity. Now we're, 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 we've been expanding the building. We're expanding our services. And to all the Republicans listening out there, our constituents want services. They don't want less. They want more services. So we have our senior services. We have our food pantry. We are working with veterans. Have, we have free counseling on site. These are the things you have to go out and provide because these are what the, the, what the people are asking for. That's what leaders do. Find out what the problems are and then solve those problems. Absolutely. Well, I think you guys both just educated the listeners. And, um, hey, man, I, I couldn't say it any better if I tried. So I just think conservative purists they don't want any kind of unions because they just think it's negative to business we'll be back with the second hour of black and right stay tuned prepare to have your mind opened the lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed this is a revolution in how you think about politics race and culture You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Don't act like y'all don't want to get out, y'all see you start dancing. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, oh, I God. I had to let that breathe for a minute. That was my guy. I'm sorry. And I played it just for John. Because I'm doing the show today, baby. But you know what? I played that song for a reason. Back when I was a young man, I loved that song. And my uncles told me white men couldn't dance. So we all lived in an apartment building, three flat my grandfather had. And um, well, finally, when I moved over with my grandparents, when I was about you know a teenager, 14, 15, um, I used to go upstairs and downstairs, and I'd beat on their door. Dad, what's wrong? I said, something going on on, on the second floor. What, what? And they run downstairs. I said, look, look at the video. I said, I thought you said white man can't dance. And they, oh, man, man, go on somewhere, man, go on somewhere. I'm like, yeah, but he can dance, can't he? Then after that, you know, on the weekends, you know how black people do. They partying on the weekends, right? So it was this uh, show called Friday Night Videos or Saturday Night Videos. Then I got one uncle. His name was C.I. That was his nickname, C.I. I said, come here, man. Come here. And all of us, me, my two cousins, my brother, we all in the room, you know, watching Friday Night Videos. And then I say, oh, hey, check that girl out, man. Hey, ain't she pretty? You like that, don't you? He said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. It was Culture Club. I said, you know, that's a man, right? No, no, there ain't no man. I said, yeah, that's a man. What I was trying to get across to my uncles, times are changing. You're gonna, you can't stay stuck in the past. You got to start accepting some things. Times are changing. And we have a lot of people here in the conservative side. But I don't want to focus on them. I want to focus on black people because a third of black people are elders. I ain't going to say elderly. 70 is not really elderly, but 70 and up, and they're stuck in the past. And my thing is, how do we fold them back into 2022? Because 
And this is my commentary that I've been saying all month. I told you about Mark Vargas, but this is mine. How do you win any elections in Illinois? I'm not talking about Florida. I'm not talking about Mississippi. I'm not talking about Arizona. I'm not talking about Michigan with a majority white population. How do you win in Illinois without the black vote? Everybody dismisses me. They don't want to acknowledge race. And I don't really want to go race today. But this is a serious thing when it comes to Illinois. How do you win elections without the black vote? You can't, in my opinion. But I want to, that's why I got these guests here that's been in politics for a long time, dealing with constituencies and whatever else. America's mayor, what do you say? You can't. Uh, you can't win an election in Illinois without the black vote. For a statewide uh, candidate to win, in any of these statewide offices, you need at least 25 percent, close to 25 percent of the electorate out of the city of Chicago, which means a large percentage of African-Americans. So you need somebody that's going to have what's called crossover appeal, somebody that's going to be able to convince, you know, our, our, our minority po- population, our black and brown, that they shouldn't necessarily vote for a party. They should vote their interests because the Democratic Party doesn't always have their interests at heart. If they did, we wouldn't have shootings every weekend on the south side and the west side of Chicago, and nobody does nothing about it. We wouldn't have carjackings, you know, throughout Chicago, and nobody does anything about it. Who's in control in Chicago? Who's the leadership running? What party's in, in power? I think every level except for the uh, controller and the governor is black. Exa- exactly right. Exactly right. And see, I had some commentary about this, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, conservatives do not go into the black community to see what black people want, what they need. They just want to preach from on Mount High. Exactly right. But Democrats go in. Whether they keep their promise or not, black people just want to hear you speak to it. And they still throw them a few crumbs, and that's what keeps black people coming back for more. So, we got to come up with some ideas to bring black people into the fold and let them know Republicans have their best interests at heart. Well, I think it's as simple as just going to the community and talking about what those issues are that need to be addressed and how we can work together to address them. Republicans are stuck on talking about ideology. You know, we've got to talk about those kitchen table, pocketbook, community issues that affect people's lives every day, especially black people. And they want to tell you how to live. And otherwise, you're not doing right. But you got to see reality. I know a lot of people talk about, well, mother, father home, graduate from high school. But guess what? We have a lot of broken families. So you just discard them? You discard the broken families and you want to keep on teaching a long-term plan. That don't work. So we got to talk about how to help people right now in these urban communities. But I want to go to the phones before we run out of time. I want to go to Mike. Mike, welcome to Black and Right. Yeah, thank you guys for letting me talk. You know, I just want to mention one thing to you. Um, you, You mentioned the fact that when people do the same thing over and over again and they lose that insanity. Um, I was told that 50 years ago when uh, we tried to overturn Roe versus Wade. And you know what? Our tenacity did eventually win out, albeit I wish it was no abortions in all states. But we have, by our tenacity, helped to save the lives of, I don't know, countless people even so far. Uh, Here's my, okay, my go, question. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I no, just, no, 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 go ahead. I thought, um, you, I thought you paused for a minute, but go ahead. Oh, okay. 
in the beginning of your show, you intimated um, that, I guess, um, Mayor Irvin, which I respect, he's a good guy, I go through Aurora all the time, and I can see it's, it's changed. Um, and the thing is, though, you intimated that the difference was, you know, he, he stood for the unions. Now, I want Mayor to know that I would have voted for him if that was the only thing that he was different on, is that he's, you know, pro-union. Although he should understand that in this state, with $200 billion of unfunded liabilities, mostly because of uh, public sector unions, it's it's something that he have to, would have to articulate really well. Okay, so here's the thing. What is his stand, though, on the, the moral issues, uh, you know, those things, the social issues? Well, I'm going to let the mayor address that. But see, that's what's keeping us down. Because you just saw in this last election, we stood, all, all the candidates was hardcore, conservative. They stood on all the moral issues, and we got beat. I'm going to say it again, like government mules. This is a deep blue state, and you have to have someone that can navigate the waters. And, you know, stay away from that until they win. You have to win first, brother. Berlin, if I, if I can jump in here uh, to the caller's point, to Mike's point, my entire campaign against me was my opponent spent $4.5 million on Chicago TV with a commercial that the DNC makes for all over the country where women have different lines and each woman parrots the same talking point that Dennis Rebelletti is a dangerous and extreme person who hates women and he's going to take your right of choice away and if he takes that away, what will he take away from us next? That was the only issue that was brought up in the entire campaign. I talked about the economy. I talked about inflation. I talked about the Safety Act, which we had to have a 308-page amendment so it it might uh, be clarified. But the only thing that they talked about was abortion. That was it in my entire race. And so you told every person in the district that I am an extreme person who hates Women and I would take all their rights away. That was the only uh, the only issue it had. Nobody even asked me if I was pro life or pro choice. Nobody asked because I was tied to Leader McConkie, who was a pro life lobbyist all over the country, who was pro life without exceptions, and he is an ally of mine. My biggest fundraiser because he gave me money from the Senate Republican Fund, and that's what I was attached to. Nobody knew what I stood for because nobody bothered to ask because that's I don't you have to ask. You already told what my point was. And not only did you see it on two, five, seven, nine, thirty two, eight. You saw it on digital. You saw it in mail. The attacks were brutal. And then I, I asked the people that are out there, would you expose yourself to run for office if you know your entire life would be blasted for weeks on end? I don't know. I, I don't know if, if many people would want to do that. And it's hard to find people to step up to do it. But the whole issue was abortion. That's all that played. And we went from two points up, and we ended up losing by about seven points. Thank you for the call, Michael. We're about to go to break. But, hey, Dennis is right. That one issue cut through every last issue that we've talked about. 
for two years. You got to understand that, man. We in a blue state. They don't want to hear that. Thank you for tuning in to Black and Right. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right with my guests, Dennis Revaletti and America's Mayor, Richard Irvin. I'm gonna go straight to the I'm gonna go straight to the phone. Uh to John, the host of this show. John Anthony, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, you finally got his name right. Reveletti, Revelati. Yeah, man, you know, come on, man. It's Reveletti, but it's okay, John. You only know Thanks for nothing. Only women get mad if you mispronounce their name. I've been saying that for years. Hey, you guys are doing great, man. I'm listening to you guys um, at home. We just moved back into our house today, so uh, that's one, another one of the reasons why I'm not in today. So um, you guys are doing a great job. Villain. There's only one problem I have with you, bro. I already know. I'm in all my Green Bay glory. What, Guess what? Well, we discussed. You got to come with Bears. If you're going to lead the show, you got to come with Bears. What you want to do on. tomorrow? What you want to do? You think the Bears <laughs> going to win tomorrow? Uh, let's, yes, they are. Do you want to lose yes, another three are. martinis to me? I do. Let's do it. Let's Get do on. it. Three martinis. All right. Hey, uh, hey Mayor, great job, man, with, with what you guys are doing with that casino resort. And, uh, brother, you are, I'm telling you, I just wish more people um, really, really get to know you because um, I, I, I hope you you're not done with you know thinking about statewide at some point because I think um, you will do great uh, should you run, decide to run statewide. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Rebo, Rebo, yes, sir, <laughs> brother. That was a very good um, discussion you had. Uh, it was last hour. I think it was probably the third or fourth segment towards the end. Uh, just explaining about what's happening in Illinois politics. I think, you know, if, if we're ever going to win, um, we have to believe in multiplication and addition and not subtraction and division. That's the only way we take back the state of Illinois. And your guys' discussion is leaning, it's, it's pretty much saying um, that. So I appreciate you guys for coming in there. Um, uh, Mayor, don't forget, one day I want you to host that show when I'm not there. And you too, <laughs> done, Rebo. brother. Done, done. All right. You too, Rebeletti. Rebeletti. All right. Together. All right. I know, I know Verlon is it's itching. He's probably want to move on to the discussion. But off Frankly, daddy, what's up? Yeah, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys take care, and I'll continue to listen up. Take, right, take it easy, Thank John. You, John. Take it easy, man. Yeah, but he's right. We're running in place, and that's the mindset right there. I, I just socially, you got to line up with me. They don't care about the economics, all the tax revenue that you were just talking about. They might care about the education, I'm, and I'm going to get to that. But it's a lot of stuff you got to take into account when you move a state forward. Social issues don't move a state forward. The politics does. And, so, an action plan, you know, having a, a principled conservative policies and an action plan. And that doesn't equal, you know, ideology and social social issues. That's right. That equals, you know, pocketbooks and, and money in folks' money in folks' wallets. And you got to make deals. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly right. You got to come to common ground with some people. I know it's a yeah. dirty word. Common ground, a phrase. Common ground. But uh, we're going to go straight to the phones. Terry from Rogers Park. Hey, uh, I, I'm going to vote for you guys. Um, but I think Kanye West shouldn't have been uh, removed from Twitter. And I think what he said about the Nazis being intelligent was meant as a compliment to German people, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
Thank you for the call, Terry. You know, we believe in free speech around here. But uh, what he said on Alex Jones, Alex Jones is kind That's of terrible. He's kind of out, out there, man. I, I I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing. I was, you know, he's he's half crazy anyway. But I think I said it on Dan and Amy's show. I think he's crazy like a fox because I know some rich people. And they'd rather set their money on fire than to let their ex and new boyfriend spend their money. And he may be trying to devalue himself. So, hey, you know, when it's all said and done, he's worth about $200 million, She get 100 That's not much. As a matter of fact, uh, this is the way I explained it. In California, they add both spouses' money together. There's no more of that stuff like they do here in Illinois where they got to give you this, give you that, see who, who gets this, and prenums. They don't do all that there. They add it together. They split it 50-50. So if he dev- she's worth about five or $600 million. If he's worth two or three, he wins. He wins out. He gains a, a extra $100 million or two. And he probably, you know how rappers are, they can say anything and come back and he'll be worth a billion dollars in two two years. So, you know. Berlin, three three words for you. Yeah. Future earnings potential. <laughs> Who has better future earnings potential, Kim Kardashian or Kanye West as of this moment? And I'm going to say this. That's the play. But I'm going to say this. Who knew Kanye West was worth $1.3 billion two years ago? Everybody was talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Who knew he was worth $1.3? He had to correct Google and say, man, what? I'm not worth $600 million. I'm worth $1.3 billion. They had to change. I thought Google knew everything. They had to change it. Man, that man, you don't know what kind of deals these dudes be doing behind the scenes. But I want to go to Bob. Bob, welcome to Black and Right. Yeah, Jan, you know, I wanted, I've been thinking about this for a while. The Republicans are fighting the wrong battle because we're in socialism now. So what they ought to do is go left economically, like this union guy you were talking about that couldn't get support from the party, really shore up Social Security without raising the rates, because we're bankrupt right now in the form of debt. And I see the Democrats farming out trillions of dollars to their coffers out of the country and spending all this money. So when we collapse, you got to have a claim. You got to have something there to get a ration of whatever's rationed. Otherwise, you get nothing. Okay, when you so say when, 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 you, do, when you say bankrupt, what is going to go bankrupt? You got to be specific. The whole country, the debt's going to collapse, and by the federal constitution, the uh, bank, uh, uh, all debt and all federal employee pensions have to be paid. So that means if we go bankrupt, who's ever in power, all their judges are going to take over everything. The banks will take over everything, and they'll decide who gets what. That's the extreme case, but if we don't change it, we'll be there real quick. What do you mean by we? So my whole point is, is we are socialists already reflected in debt. Well, 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 look, let me let me straighten you out about something. I hear what you're saying, but we can't go bankrupt right now because everybody has faith in the dollar around the world. Everybody depends on the United States around the world. Until people lose that faith. It doesn't matter how much debt we have. People buy debt. People make money from debt. People have ownership from debt. We can't fail. We can't fail as of right now until they come up with a currency that can replace the dollar. So, you know, 
whatever. You, I mean, you, we can go extreme all we want, but until somebody does that, we're, we're not going to fail as a country. It just, it just won't happen. So, uh, I mean, if you all want to respond to what the brother said. Well, here, the state of Illinois cannot f- file bankruptcy. There's no such federal law that would allow that. And the reason is that the state of Illinois has taxing powers and can continue to tax its way to get more revenue to pay for what it owes. Um, when you start looking at structured debt and how to deal with debt, one of the things we used to do uh, when I was a state representative a few years back, we talked about like the casino money that the mayor is working on, the state's cut. The state takes a major cut. In Las Vegas, they take, I don't know, 8% of the, of the cut. The state takes 50% of the profit. We always would say, hey, look, take that money, put it directly towards pensions, right? Put it towards structured debt, and then this, that's where it goes. But the Illinois Supreme Court says any revenue that comes in basically has to go into the general revenue fund. doesn't matter if it's novelty license plates or it's, um, it, it's a regular state tax on a business or fees for uh, an LLC. It doesn't matter. It all goes in the same fund. And so who controls that fund? 80 House Democrats? 40 or 39 Senate Democrats. They all control it. And the people of Illinois turned all of this over to them. So it's what they wanted. So now we have to see if those policies that they wanted are going to work. Right now, they're not concerned about structural debt. Republicans are, but nobody, see, as we've talked about on this on the show before, Democrats talk about emotions. Yeah. They talked about your, to your heart. And when Republicans talk to your mind, talking about, well, we got to worry about $200 billion in unfunded liability. Well, the Democrats aren't worried about it. We're worried about it. And at some point, we're going to have to worry about it. And we'll see what the Democrats end up doing. But their policies are the ones that led for the deficit to be there because they spend what they don't have. They borrow from stuff that's supposed to be dedicated. That's where their constitutional amendments should be, where that the General Assembly and the governors can't take money like they did from the pension system. Leave it alone. Invest it. Make sure that the pensioners have their benefits because they deserve their retirement to be secure as well. But you know... How many black people I talk to and I tell them these programs that you want to come up with have a, has a price tag? And they say, I don't care about that. We need help. We need we need help and investment. Everybody so, believes it's somebody else paying for it. Bro. That's, I'm not that's, them. that's right. Stay tuned for more Black and Right. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Sub no. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm so proud to have these two gentlemen in here with me, Dennis Revaletti and America's Mayor, Richard Irvin. Now, I got two topics that I'm going to have to try to combine, see if I can swing this, because uh, that Kanye West stuff threw me for a loop. I wasn't planning on talking about that that guy. So I want to talk about this bill that the Democrats have on the table that they're going to push. The weapons banned here in Illinois. You can still buy a handgun, but you won't be able to buy it until you're 21. But everything else over a handgun, AR-15s, 308s, and all the big stuff, total ban. So defending your home is going to become a lot harder. And I think I cannot cannot remember. I was trying to keep it at the top of my head. But it's something about bullets, too. You can only buy so many bullets. So that leads me to the Safety Act. They tried to reform it. 318 pages is what I saw on Channel 7 News. 
Some other people said it was 118 pages, but I don't know. I didn't get a chance to look through the whole thing. America's mayor looked at it, but I don't think, yeah, I think you said you couldn't remember all of it, right? Okay. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot, but they passed it, but it's still no cash bail because they think that's fair. With the, with the trespass, it's up for interpretation. It's a lot going on with that safety, that safety act, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait to see. Because, like I said, I don't judge prosecutors and I don't judge judges. But if it's anything you gentlemen want to talk about as far as the safety act or the gun ban, feel free. You, uh, Dennis? Uh, let, me, let me jump in on that, okay. on that gun ban just, just for a second. All right. And then we can go back and forth, Dennis. Uh, as a, a prosecutor you know, and a practicing lawyer for so many years, practicing criminal law, I recognize, and I hope most people recognize, the law only abides, it, it only affects law-abiding citizens. Criminals don't care about the law. Hence, they're criminals. Right. So if we come up with a ban, you know, just this ban with bullets and, 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 and any other type of weapons, only the citizens that are willing to follow the law are going to be affected by it, are going to say that, you know, they can't have them in their homes. The criminals will still have those weapons. So the question is, you know, how do we have common sense legislation, which that does not seem like common sense, this full ban, without banning and making sure we actually keep the, the guns out of the criminals' hands and actually using the laws we have on the books to prosecute the criminals. You can't, in one sense, come up with uh, the Safety Act and make it easier on criminals and then say, but, but we're going to let make sure law-abiding citizens can't protect their homes. That makes no sense. It's almost like you're, you're creating an environment where you want the criminals to run roughshod on everybody. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and before you respond, Dennis, I got a question for both of you. When was the last time a quote-unquote assault weapon, back, we all the same age, back in the day it was the Tech 9 the Uzi, and the chopper. The chopper was used in L.A. a lot. That was, now, that was a military weapon. When was the last time one of those weapons was used in the inner city? It hasn't been. It's been handguns. You ain't seen nobody jump out of a car with a chopper, with a Tech 9 or an Uzi. That, that ain't happened since 1997 or, or before. It's all handguns, so it's a red herring. That's all I say. It, it, it's more Democrat nonsense. Go ahead, Dennis. Uh, I just know that having served on a number of juvenile and uh, adult task forces with crime, that I believe that in Chicago gang crimes, less than 2% of all uh, crimes are committed by gang members with assault weapons. So that's number one. And I understand the issue of the shooters. Uh, I've said on the show before that, and again, I was tacked on that issue too, because I wanted to have AR-15s for everybody. And I was on the House floor years ago talking about that, that it's always about it's these evil Republicans who just want to hand all these firearms out. First of all, it's not an assault weapon. I said this on the show. He carried an assault weapon when he was in the United States Army in Iraq. My stepson was in the Marine Corps. He was in Afghanistan. He carried an assault weapon. And they, they weren't automatic weapons, were they, Mr. Mayor? No. Nope. It's a three-round three burst mm-hmm. because most of the time automatic weapon fire isn't really... You're not going to hit what you're trying to hit. But bans, we had a federal ban before Henry Hyde voted for it. Remember, he's very conservative. He took a lot of heat on it. That expired. We're back at this again. I would say to the representative who's sponsoring the legislation, where is all the health care? We talked a lot about health care, didn't we? Yeah. We said reproductive rights are health care. 
where's the health care for people with mental health issues and substance abuse issues and disabilities that need help now? Where is all that? What happened with all the red flags that were raised in the individual shooter's name? I'm not going to mention his name up in Highland Park. Why wasn't he stopped previous to this? Where was all that information at? So there, there were other issues that popped up. But it's always simple. It's the guns that commit the crime. It's gun violence. Right. I heard my dear friend LaShawn Ford talking about gun violence again. Yeah. I love LaShawn. But it's not gun violence. Right. It's, it's, it's violence by adult or juvenile humans that are shooting at one another. And most of the time, as I said on the House floor, it's gangs, guns, and drugs. That's what drives most of the crime in the inner city, in the suburbs, and all over the state. And until you want to work on that, you can go and stop whatever an assault weapon is (laughs) and then go to court and spend all kinds of time on that instead of ignoring the issue that's right in front of you that there are a lot of people making a lot of money off of of people's illnesses. Absolutely. We'll be back with more Black and Right. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Switch your switch your attitude. Go and level up yourself. This that different latitude. Life too short. Go Welcome back to Black and Right. We have an interesting conversation. I mean, you can join in. It's either about the gun ban or um, safety. Safety act. Goes hand in hand, really. So I'm going to go straight to the phone. Glenn from Milwaukee. Yeah, this is Glenn from Milwaukee. Okay? Yes. I want to tell you and John something, Bernard. Yes. That they're going to try everything they can, the the left, to win uh, this election. And if Herschel Walker loses this election, I'm going to tell you something. That's because of the Republican rhinos, that, especially Mitch McConnell. That guy's got to go. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Well, okay, well, you're flipping it on me because I've been crying about the, 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 the conservatives here in Illinois, and yet rhinos wasn't behind uh, Herschel Walker full blast either. Matter of fact, Mitch McConnell did say something about the value of the candidates. So I hear what you're saying, but that goes back to what I what I keep saying. The part the party has to mend that bridge, that gap. If we if we keep doing that, it's going to grow and grow and grow, and it's going to become nationwide, and you know we're going to be done. So, uh, but how do you feel about the uh, the Safety Act? That's another thing that you know the Safety Act. Sure, now they're starting to buy, was at a meeting this afternoon, they're starting to buy guns back from the people to pitch you against them that way. In other words, they're paying big money for the, buy, for the people to turn in their weapons. These people, I said this before, if, if, if they don't stick together, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. We're one step away, like Oliver North said. We're one step away from tyranny, from totalitarianism. Right? I know all about that and how that goes. You right about so that? I'm going to tell you something. You got to call these guys are rhinos. You got to call them out on the spot. You know who should be Mitch Mitch uh, uh, McConnell's successor? The one Josh Josh Holly. That's the guy that should be in that position. Not Mitch Mitch McConnell. McConnell is good for crap. 
Look at what he did with Murkowski over there. Yeah. He yeah. all of the money instead of giving it for Herschel Walker. Well, they're going to back each other. But I don't think the conservatives have a big enough uh, number so they can put themselves in leadership. But uh, thanks for the call, Glenn. So I look at it this way. How did Brian Kemp win his election on the, on the first time, right? So there was no runoff with him. He, he uh, outperformed Stacey Abrams. He won. So what happened with Herschel Walker? And again, it goes back to candidates. It goes back to who's backing them, what kind of resources you have. So, I mean, it's, every candidate's going to be different. So I don't know if it's just as easy as uh, if the rhinos, if all the rhinos stay home in Georgia, there's no way Herschel Walker can win. So he needs everybody to come out. And so we talked about this off air. A Republican is a Republican. Democrats don't go, wow, that's a progressive one. That's a conservative Democrat. Uh, that's too liberal of a Democrat. They're just Democrats. And that's how they see themselves. We have to start, stop looking at rhinos or whatever you want to call people that aren't exactly as conservative as you as part of our enemy because we need to put more Republicans together. Then we have to appeal to different voting blocks. Then we have to get independence back in our side because the independents left the Republican Party in this election cycle. Well, I'm going to tell you this. When, it, when We all know how Warnock got the seat in the first place. Stacey Abrams had to deal with the Secretary of State, with the drop boxes and all the rest of that type of stuff. We all know how he won. But this time around, Kemp, he reformed all of that. Got rid of those drop boxes. You got to do it the right way. Still had mail-in ballots and early voting. But the thing about it is that Warnock dude is a preacher. And the America's mayor knows this. I don't know if you know it. But black people love a preacher and they follow a preacher. They'll they'll go to that church and they'll follow what the preachers say, the community say. And that's the reason why Warnock uh, did so well amongst black voters. And I keep telling people this. I I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but you can't win without the black voters. But it's a lot of black voters that love Herschel Walker because he was a star. He grew up in our homes. He's done a lot. That's the only reason why it's that close. They, they're they splitting the black vote. That's why it's like that. America's mayor. You know, and let me say this. We have to go back in the Republican Party to the 80 percent rule. You know, 80 percent rule that Ronald Reagan talked about. If someone if you agree with somebody 80 percent of the time, that's your friend. Now, when we focus on on uh, purity tests and the 100 percent rule, we are going to lose every single time because we're going to pick a candidate, especially in Illinois, that can't win in a general general election. You know, and and I, I think it's important that we recognize that you know, for us to be successful, you know, we, we've got to match up where we can and support those individuals that can cross that finish line first, because if you don't, what do you got? A Democrat. No, exactly right. Eduardo from Midway. Yeah, how's everybody doing? Okay. Yeah, you, you have to be, you have to stick to the issues here. Uh, I listen to some of the uh, other stations here, and they're nervous about this, Dennis, because he's going to be talking about the issues. Obviously, they can't stick January 6th to him. Um, we have to appeal to everybody, uh, not just the base. Uh, sometimes I think these candidates... They talk like, uh, no offense to you guys, but talk radio. Uh, I kind of think Mr. Trump kind of like elevated himself because of uh, immigration and being able to be like the talk radio candidate. How dare you? He can't appear to be that way. Well, my only problem with DeSantis is 
I know a lot of people are jumping in behind him, but I just don't think he has nationwide appeal. Uh, he's the hot thing now, but I don't think he can make it to the finish line. Trump has a built-in 75 million voter base. I'm sticking with Trump. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll be back with more Black and Right. Stay tuned. Don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Yeah, Marvin's good, but uh, I'm still... <laughs> oh my god the, the producer cut my mic i'm still with george michael welcome back to black and right with my distinguished guest dennis revelletti and america's mayor richard Irvin. let's wrap this up when it comes to the uh safety act and the gun ban i'm gonna go back to the phone uh-oh uh-oh Phil from Blue Island. I'm just going to go to you, Phil. What's going on? I think my microphone's off the line. All you got to do is press. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What's up, Phil? I'm I'm good. Uh, 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 Brother Richard, I'm I'm, I'm not hearing from you. I'm I'm a little concerned. What's going on? How you doing, brother? How's everything, man? I'm I'm okay. I mean, with the guns and you have somebody in there talking about that um, uh, uh, guns. uh, No, there's people that commit crimes. Uh, I, I'm not understanding how, you know, um, um, folks get a gun. They might not be stable. They, it was this shooting in um, 10-year-old boy, I think it's in Wisconsin, shot his mother in the eye, killed her because she thought that he wouldn't, uh, she wasn't going to buy him some type of game that they pushing on these kids these days. Yeah, but if it's a kid, uh, they not that means they're not eighteen years old. They couldn't buy a gun anyway. So, what would raising the age to twenty one do? Well, I'm just saying just to stop that. Just, just the the just the proliferation of guns in America. How many freaking guns do we need before we have too many guns as to where it's going to just cause the the carnage that is causing in the United States of America. But it's I don't not, understand how we can't see that. It's you don't govern by need. You govern by the right of the individual and the liberty. I buy. I, I should be able to buy as many guns as I want. It depends on where I live. I might live. I keep telling people this on Progressive Radio. You know when I'm over there, I might live in a border state where I got drug traffickers and people that's willing to kill me and my whole family. For their business, so how you gonna tell me how to defend my land and my house? It just depends on okay, where you it's, live. It's, it's, now, if, if not a whole lot of um, uh, incidences with with the, uh, those are happening, so you, you can have ten thousand guns in your house, and if nobody ever comes, you ain't gonna use a bunch of guns in your house. So my point is 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 the fact that there's just too many guns in America. There's too easy access to guns, and the fact that. I mean, y'all scared the hell out of people with this whole, um, um, uh, with this, this uh, what they were supposed to be letting people out of jail and all this stuff. And now come to find out they done rewritten the law. And everybody knew that was going to happen. I'm just waiting for Republicans, or at least independents, to come with some type of 
Well, the show that you really care for us. Stop caring about your politics. Stop caring about your issues so much that you keep losing elections. You keep losing the independence like myself. And then you sit back and then you turn around after losing an election and then have the audacity to say, I'm still with Trump. But that Philip, is idiotic. That is crazy. But, but Philip, I said this earlier in the program. There's no choppers, Uzis, all the big guns that they're banning. There's none, none of those guns are being used in the inner city. It's handguns. So basically, and we had this conversation when you called uh, John and I. You basically want to get rid of guns, period, because handguns are committing crimes and criminals will still have handguns. There's no big guns okay. being used. Okay. 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 That, that, that shooting, the last three shootings with, with, was with automatic weapons, weren't they? No, th- those guns. Uh, one automatic of them was, weapons are already illegal. Right. It was. It was. Uh, one of them was altered. You know. You know. Come on, man. Those aren't being used in abundance. It's handguns, the carjackings, and everything else. Handguns. You can name two or three uh, incidences with a big gun. It shouldn't be banned. But uh, thanks for the call, Phil. We'll be back with more black and right. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in clinician stigmatizing attitudes found that they had high levels of thoughts that uh, mass sexual attraction to children was controllable, it was a choice, that such people were dangerous, that clinicians harbored anger and a lack of sympathy towards them, there was a wish for social distance and low willingness to treat. When minor attraction is demonized, there is no way to acknowledge the problem, particularly among powerful or respected public figures. And the only response is denial. So what we're basically doing is splitting, is that all people with minor attraction is monsters, are monsters. So if you're not a monster, then you can't have minor attraction. And that is not logical. Now, we've been talking about this for a long time. But now even Charlemagne the God spoke to this on his donkey of the week today. This is an issue and this other issue. I'm going to put them all together because it's the last hour and we're going to talk about all of it. This is an issue that's going to destroy our society. Maps, minor attracted persons. The left is trying to normalize adults being attracted to kids and having sex with kids. Now, I got this book called It's Perfectly Normal. I, I couldn't bring in all of them because it would just been too much to talk about. But I want my guests to thumb through these books. America's Mayor already did it earlier because he made it here before, Dennis. Thumb through that book for a minute, Dennis. I just want you to thumb through it. Because uh, we got to talk about it. You, you see that? He's shaking his head. He don't even, even want to talk. You see that? I do. This book is for grade schoolers. Now, the people that gave me that book said they was teaching it to five, six, seven-year-olds. But I know at least eight-year-olds they're teaching this to. LGBTQ, you know, man-on-man, woman-on-woman, and, 
group sex and all the rest of it. They're robbing our kids of their youth. Why? When we were kids, we naturally gravitated to what we gravitated to. Didn't matter whether it was gay. We knew who the feminine boys was. We didn't bother them. You know what I mean? Well, we knew. We looked at them and we said, yeah, well, you know. And we left it alone. But why are they forcing this upon our youth? Because they know if they take the youth away, they kill you. They kill everything you taught your kid. They teach. They, they, they kill you as a person because they're, they're taking your youth away from you, your kids away from you. It's a terrible thing. I'm telling you, you know, I, I don't even think this is appropriate for a 16-year-old. But I give you a 16-year-old because when I was 16, I knew how to say, no, nah, I don't want to be part of that. You know, I can discard something that's 16 years old, but not an 8-year-old. You know what a power a teacher has over an 8-year-old? That's the bridge age. That's the age that kids are influenced. This is, this is terrible. It's terrible. I don't know what to say. And this was signed into law. By the guy you just elected, Pritchard, the Democrats, signed into law, and he tried to shy away from it when everybody asked him questions here and there about this right here I have in front of me. And he's like, oh, no, you know, you know, it's, you know, neither here nor there. But when he made his speech, it was all about inclusion, inclusion of gender, inclusion of CRT. Oh, he was all out with it when he made that speech. You were a fool, a fool to vote for this man, a fool to vote for this Dem- these Democrats and give them a super majority. Fools, all of you. I'm so glad I don't live in this damn state no more. But uh, I, I got to calm down. What, is this some 120 life around here? I, I, I swear to God I need it because this right here enrages me more than anything else. You know, taking advantage of our kids. America's mayor, do you want to say anything? You know what? You, when you handed me that book. Uh, earlier in the, in, the, in the segment and told me to thumb through it and that uh, that was taught to grade schoolers. I had no idea what I'd be saying as I looked at those you know, abhorrent pictures in, in, in that book, graphic uh, sexual pictures in that book. And abhorrent is, is, is the word that, that comes to my mind. We should be focusing on teaching our kids reading, writing, and, and arithmetic, history, and social studies. Why are we waste? Why are we harming our children by teaching them what I saw in that book and why are we talking about that and instead of talking about competing making sure our kids can compete against these other countries that are teaching their kids the basics like China you know and, and, and other countries in Europe we've got to compete globally we're not going to be able to compete globally you know having our kids focus on something other than what's going to make them competitive in today's, in today's society in today's world uh, 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 economic world that is wrong. What's the name? What's the title of that book? It's man? perfectly normal. We- <laughs> that is well. That is absolutely opposite of what that book. It is not perfectly normal to teach a grade schooler what I saw in in the pages of that. Book. And I know it's I'm laughing, and you kind of had a smile because, but but it's the truth. It, it, you have to kind of like find a silver lining. And I don't know what that is. But would you let this be taught in schools? Absolutely in not. And, and I, I I can't believe that it is. It is. It, it is. You know, uh, Dennis, I have, have a, to say? I have a 10 year old uh, and an eight year old granddaughter. Thank God they go to private school yeah. so they don't have to look at nonsensical garbage and filth like that. You know, I, I love as we've talked about on, on this show, as I've been fortunate enough to be a guest, 
is how the Democrats and the left talk, use language. Abortion is reproductive health care. Okay, let's buy that. <laughs> Pedophilia is now minor attractive persons. Four years, I was an assistant state's attorney in Will County who prosecuted sex crimes. We called them predators. We called them monsters. I sat behind a two-sided mirror, Verlon, and I watched with DCFS and investigators from throughout the county children discuss the most terrible things that you can imagine happening to a child by adults, by family members, by step-family members, by neighbors, by whomever. There was nothing, nothing that these people should be called but predators. A minor attracted person? How do you normalize pedophilia? How do you make that okay? Why is anybody all right with this? That's what the left does, those words. And I'm going to tell you something. We all the same age. When we was growing up, I don't care if it was a school teacher. If you fixed your mouth to say anything sexual to a kid, we wouldn't tell the police. You're going to get drugged. You're going to get drugged. You'll be in the, you'd be lucky if you made it to the hospital. And I'm serious about this. And, and we need the old days back, I'm telling you. I want to go to the phone lines. Luke, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, first time calling, baby. Um, I'm, doing, I, I'm, I'm just now starting to listen to your show, and I've been finding it very interesting. Um, one thing that I've, I would like to ask you guys is, as an independent, I've noticed African-American males between the ages of 35 and 45 not being not not being sought after by either party and the, and the values that they care about. I myself as a former Chicagoan, I have seven kids. My youngest is fifteen. I'm disgusted by a lot of the stuff that you you guys just spoke on. How we're being forced to to um, digest the sex the the, the sexualization uh, and pred- the predatory um, stuff with the kids. But not only that, we know what's fueling um, the crime in our communities. we got a lot of areas where we just got subsidized housing, where, where the right or the left ain't willing to compromise on making um, that life a little bit better for people that live in those programs, or even cutting, making, cutting, making limits. I mean, not I say cutting, but uh, setting standards to where you can only be on those programs for like three to six months. And then you got to get kicked off and go and find a job. Totally agree. We got a big, we got a big ass pacifier. I'm sorry, we got a big <laughs> pacifier in a lot of people's mouths out here, and feel like they're entitled to these government programs when they need to be cut and totally revamped. Totally uh, agree. Totally agree. Hey, man, but you know, you know as well as I know, black people use these words called investment or resources. And I and I and I one of my first uh, commentaries after we lost the election was I called Mark Vargas' show when he had his his show when he was uh, riffing about the consultants. Black people only want to hear about money, man. You know as well as I know, black people we we grew up with these videos, money, money, money. We grew up watching lifestyles of rich and famous. That's why we love Donald Trump because he represented success. And I'm, and I'm going to have another metaphor that I'm going to use after the break. So just keep listening. And I'm going to ask a question of my guests and of the, of, the, uh, of the callers. Black people see money because we grew up poor, most of us. And, and that's it. That's the top issue. Money. Because if I make more money, I can power through anything. 
You know, people just don't understand that. They they, they try to brush it away. But I'm sorry. That's the real deal. Um, David, Tom, I'll be right to you after the break. Stay tuned for more Black and Right. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no Welcome back to so Black and Right. I'm Verlon Galloway and I'm here with Dennis Revaletti and America's Mayor Richard Irvin. And I'm so happy you guys came out to help me out. I'm going to go straight to these phone lines, though. Tom from Blue Island. How's it going, Tom? Verlon, you're my brother and I love you. Love you, too. This, this battle is amongst these people that are trying to normalize this pedophilia and Mayor Irvin's got to be in on that to, not in on that not in on it let me rephrase not in on that but in on fighting that because this is what else can it be Verlon what else can it be brother it, it, this has to be destroyed these people are evil yeah they're just, listen they're trying to take control of our youth because they know they can change society if they get them when they're young. They use, yes, the, they use the excuses of, well, back in the 90s, there was a lot of alpha males, males killing transgenders, beating up gays and things of that nature. So this is the reason why they're trying to bring them in at a young age so it will be perfectly normal. And, and and we can kill the aggression. That's been their argument for a long time. But I'm not going for that. I'm sorry, I'm not going for that. Uh, we should have a say when it comes to what's being taught to our kids, and adults should not be talking uh, talking to our kids about sex. Period. It's just it's just that simple. I, I know that may sound old school, but guess what? It's right. It's right. So thanks for the call, Tom. Let's go to Dave from Lansing. Hey, Verlon. Uh, this is a good topic to cover, and it's necessary to cover. You know, they say uh, politics is downstream from culture. Now, these weird policies now, now starting to come out, this might be crazy or wacky to some people. I understand that. But I think part of this comes from Biden, and the fact that the mainstream media does not cover or even comment on the fact that Biden, there's over 10 videos. I am not exaggerating whatsoever. Don't use Google, but if you use a respectable search engine, you can find well over 10 videos of Joe Biden inappropriately, to say the least, touching little girls. Now, that's the top of the United States. And what do they say? Like the fish rots from the head down or something? If the top is doing weird behavior, guess what? Everybody below him is going to it's going to be okay. So he's at least okaying it, if not normalizing it. It's going down to the state levels and the counties and the whatever. And now these uh, if, you're, if there's anybody that has some inkling of doing that kind of thing to children, they're going to Put in policies to make it okay. 
You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, th- their side's sick. Let's just call it what it is. Those Democrats are sick, man. Uh, uh, thanks for the yeah. phone call. Thanks for the co- phone call. Let's go to Frederick from Crete. Frederick? Hello? Yes. Yeah, how you doing? How's it going? I, I believe I uh, talked to you the other week. We were talking about unions and everything else. Uh, I think you're a carpenter, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, I'm a carpenter. I, I'm, so glad yeah, you, I, I'm, so, I'm so glad you called back because I just wanted to straighten out one thing when it comes to the union thing. And you were saying unions hire. It... it um, yeah, well, you have to get hired through the union to do what you do. The yeah. uh, the majority. No, no, you got you get you get hired through uh, the contractor, but they prefer you be in a union. Right, because I I walked up to a, 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 a construction job site when I was young, and they asked me was I part of the union, and they told me, well, you got to be part of the union if you're going to work for this company. But the only thing yeah. I wanted to straighten out, you, we didn't have enough time. We have too many unions in the United States of America. And that's only mm-hmm. one union because another caller called and said the same thing. Yeah. You know, that one union doesn't represent all of America. You know, it, right. it, 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 it just it just was false in my mind. And, it, and, and by majority, it is. That's one union. The SIU and all the ones, the one I'm part of, the United Food Workers Union and everything else. Yeah. They have nothing to do or no say with the hiring, hiring process. That's all I that's all I was talking about. Even the Teamsters. You don't need to go through yeah. Teamsters to get hired. But I'm sorry, I just want to straighten that out. It's been on my mind since I talked to you and I just been wanting to talk to you again. But go go right ahead and, and, and say okay, what you want. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, I was calling um uh yeah, because I told you I ran for state representative in District thirty four and I I ran my platform was was uh S B A one eight. And I was talking to people about the sex education bill. Now, I walked the south side of Chicago, and all of the people that I talked to, they were looking to vote Republican. Um, The reason I believe that we didn't do so well is because we allowed the media to control our talking points. They never talked about these bills. And also the one HB, I believe it is SB 156, um, it puts no, it's HB one fifty six. It put tampons in boys' bathrooms, and so that that helped raise property taxes. You know, so but we never the Republican Party have to stop letting the media control the talking point. Well, what are you gonna we do? To- what are you gonna do if you're somebody like Dennis right here, where all of these topics that you just talked about? Say if you was in his position and you was leading and you you was doing what you had to do, but yet mm-hmm. they used one issue to destroy everything you talked about, which is abortion. How are you going to overcome that? Dan Proft and everybody else was on this radio station talking about all the crime and the the inflation and everything that affects your pockets and your everyday family, the food prices going through the roof. But they stuck to one topic. That one topic cut every last issue. What do you do to stop that or to overcome that? you just got to explain to them that that's a smoke screen. And here's the thing. They, they, they say we're taking away a woman's right to choose, but they never finish the sentence. Choose what? To choose murder. And then they say, well, what about cases of rape? Well, those are rare. And so, and then when, and I also preach the gospel. So if you want to talk to me about um, life, you know, well, the Bible says that children should not be put to death for the sins of the fathers. You know, so they want to kill a child based on someone being raped, you know, and I'm not, not, not that I'm okay in it. And then they say, well, what about to save the life of the mother? Well, that's what a C-section does. So there are ways around it, but we just have to be, we have to be educated in it. 
and we have to be willing to stand in the ring and box. Yeah, but if you if you on TV and you trying to you know defend your position, they're not going to let you get the first base. You're, you're not going to be able to do it. And they ran commercial after commercial after commercial. Well, that's the thing, Verlon. If, if you're on TV, yeah, not, yeah, not right. when you're on TV. And the, the one bright spot in this is that more and more non-standard media is becoming prolific. When um, this race, you did have, like Dennis was saying, they they hit local TV, Chicago-based, you know, Chicago market TV. They hit it like a hammer. Well, that outlet be, will become less and less uh, prolific as far as uh, where people get there over time. So that's one bright spot. Yeah, but here in Illinois... They gain. They even gain seats. They gain more power. Uh, it, this yeah. is, it, you know, you have to moderate your position. You just can't be a hardcore conservative and win here. It, I've accepted that. I know a lot of people won't. You cannot be a hardcore. You have to be a moderate. I'm sorry. Stand out. Stand to the side. Chill out. Stop attacking your own. Let the moderate. Let the establishment, if you want to call them that, let them try their hand. I want to see if they can navigate the waters. I really do. You, you, let me jump in yeah. as well and say that uh, I, I agree with, with the caller that I do believe that the media tries to define our issues in the Republican Party. But what we have to take that another step. Although the media tries to define that, we can't allow the media to fool us and be focused on those issues that the media wants to talk about. We as a party and our leadership have to talk about those issues that we know are important to the voter, not just the Republican voter, because we know we can't win, you know, statewide, which is Republican, the Republican voter, the independent. And yes, that Democratic crossover voter. So when the media starts talking about the things that they want to talk about to sell papers and, and, you know, get their get their uh, splashy headlines, we got to bring it back to what we know is important to the people that are going to be going out to vote. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you got to take the mic off, and walk off the set like David Clark did to Don Lemon. That's what you got to do. You just can't let them muddy you up and dirty you up or put you in a position where as though you're going to look like a fool on TV, on national TV. And we got to start challenging them. We got to start challenging the media. Yeah. Saying, why do you want to talk about things that aren't important to the folks that are going to be out voting? Just because you want to write an article about it. We have to come to a consensus. When you're on TV, say you got three candidates and then they, they start and you in a debate and they want to start asking you those stupid questions. All of you all just shut up and just say, listen, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about issues that matter. And that's it. Hey, thanks for the call, Frederick. Uh, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm going to come to you right after the break, brother. Stay tuned for more Black and Right. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. America's Mayor Richard Irvin had to run. Now it's me and Dennis Revelletti. And we're going to finish this thing up. And I promised Mark that I was going to go straight to him after the break. Mark, welcome back to Black and Right, brother. Hey, hello. It's Mark Wiremore, man on the street. I never miss calling in. You guys sound great today. I've got a quick report. Uh, Illinois Review has just been bought. I don't know if you've heard this, but Mark Vargas and Scott Casper have taken it over, and they're writing a lot of articles about the Illinois GOP. I won't go into that, but I have two articles. I have an article about Mike Pence being in town this week, and I have one last week about Liz Cheney being in there. 
So I know you're talking about moderates and everything. I'm a Donald Trump supporter, so I, uh, I'm i not big on those two. Pence wants to run for president. Uh, he did three events here. He's hawking his book, but he did not go over real well. Uh, most Republicans uh, are kind of done with Pence. So, well, let me talk uh, to you. Let me, let, let me talk to you for a second. Uh, number one, you was talking about. Uh, refresh my memory, right quick. I just, I just drew a blank. You were talking about number one, first, your first issue. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Say, 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 say what you were talking about at first. Oh, just talking about Illinois Review has new. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was, I was talking, I was talking about Mark Vargas going on a tear. Uh, at his first show after the, after we lost the election, and I was talking about yeah. Marvergas. I did not know the name of. I, I thought I, it was Illinois Review, but I didn't want to say it on air. But I I did not know the name of the of the illustration that he bought. But yeah, he was talking yeah. about money's not being spent the right way. I know you don't want to go into it, but basically he was talking about if money could have been been put behind somebody like Dennis, he probably could have won if he would have got a million dollars. Instead of instead of working with the three hundred thousand, and you're talking about Mike Pence. No, this is what's about to happen. Mike Pence is talking about running for senator of Indiana, and Mike Braun. They're about to play musical chairs. Mike Braun is going to be the governor of Indiana. Nobody's going to be able to beat him. He probably run unopposed, unopposed so or in Indiana. So they're they're going to play musical chairs, and Mike Pence. Nobody's going to vote against him at being senator of Indiana. So that's how that's going to go in Indiana. He'll be senator. Mike Brown will be governor. So, Well, that's good inside information because uh, he was talking about running for president, but basically he's trying to sell his book. But a couple other things I got coming up. I'm going to Turning Point USA's event in two weeks with Charlie Kirk. I think President Trump's going to be there. It's in Phoenix uh, on the 17th of December if anyone wants to go. Thursday I'm going to the Jeannie Ives, Amy Jacobson wine tasting uh, Stephanie Trussell is also joining the panel. So the, it's sold out, but uh, you guys are connected with WIND. I'm sure you can get a ticket. And uh, that's basically my report. But if you, IllinoisReview.com, and Mark Vargas, he's he's talking about this. And also, a week from a week from today is the Illinois State Central Committee meeting, and they might elect a new chairman. They might get rid of Don Tracy. They might keep him. There's a lot of drama going on. Mark Vargas has a bunch of articles about it. So you should look up IllinoisReview.com. And if you want to go to this meeting, you can talk. And uh, you sound like you guys can talk a lot. You guys should come out at 10 o'clock in the morning in Bolingbroke. Let me check my, interested in coming out? Let me check my work schedule, Mark. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Mark Weimler, Man on the Street. That's my report. You're always appreciated, Mark. Don from Naperville. Hi, good evening, everyone. How are you doing? Today? How are you doing, Don? Uh, listen, um, based on our uh, the literacy rates of low-income children, I think that the civil rights issue of, our, of now is that our children, again, especially low-income, those are the most vulnerable children with disabilities, they are not being prepared. They are not receiving a free, appropriate education. The whole point of a free, appropriate education is for further education, employment, and independent living. How are they going to do that if they don't have a high school diploma? How are they going to do that if they're functionally illiterate? And you want to talk about resources. The, the schools were given $122 billion. The Washington posted a report that only 15% of that has been used. On top of that, you have the Every Student Succeeds Act. We already have Title I funding that schools receive, and they are supposed to go towards uh, career training, vocational training. 
who is going to hold these schools accountable that they're spending the money where they're supposed to? I don't think they are. Because why are our kids not graduating with diplomas? Again, specifically, and I mean specifically children of low income, because here's the deal. It's kids on the reduced lunch program, they're the ones that are crapped on the most because their families can't afford a tutor. And I think that where the Republicans lose the argument is they haven't tasted this in life. You know what I'm saying? They haven't been segregated. A lot of black children are segregated. A lot of kids with disabilities, they're segregated. Why? Because schools will blame behavior. They, there is, it is factual that they, they call the police and they use discipline actions on African-American children the most and kids with disabilities. And that's why the Office of Special Education and Programs comes out with guidance letters about schools not suspending kids, not blaming behavior, having, having evidence-based practices to help these kids. Well, that costs money. They've got the money. <laughs> They've got Title I money. But they don't want to use it on these kids, you see? You right about that, Don. Tony, hold the line. We'll be right back with more Black and Right. My killers move in silence like you don't know what I'm silent. So your killers are wildest. My dogs are with it. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 Theater. I'm on the loose. Making moves. I need some more. Welcome back to Black and Right. I am joined by my friend and my special guest, Dennis Revelletti. I'm going straight back to the phone. Tony, welcome back to Black and Right. Hey, man, doing, doing a great show. Thank you. I try to step it up every year when John let me do it. All right, here's what I'm going to let you know real quick. One of the problems that we're having, you talk about the sexualizing of children. Let's cut to the chase. It's really homosexualizing of children. And the goal is to reduce world population. I mean, obviously, if, they're, if everyone's gay, then you're not going to be having a lot of children. But there's a bigger picture here. Everything about these leftists is it's a it's a death cult. Every single thing they do leads to a reduction in population and or death. Now, there's a guy named David Horowitz. Who he talks about that. He's mentioned it many times, but, you know, it's just something for you all to look into. And by the way, was I, was I right when I said long time ago about the sexualizing of children, where everyone was focused on Hunter Biden, where everyone was focused on CRT? Wasn't I the one talking about this stuff? Yes, you were. You were right. Um, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on two issues. Yes, the Democrats are part of a culture of murder. They do believe in reducing the population. They have to. They want to kill it. They want to kill all the babies, you know. It was my understanding that there would be no math. And I want to, I'm going to agree with you on one thing. LGBTQ and the gays are grooming. I'm, I'm just going to keep it straight. They're grooming. They're grooming the kids. Things are going to fall out how they fall out. The kids that are totally straight will be straight. You can't indoctrinate a kid if they just they're strongly against it. But they're good. But I, it's a lot of kids that are I, I call trisexuals. They are tr- they'll try it, you know, and they gonna, <laughs> they're going to get as many as they can. So they are grooming. Hey, man, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say, but move. If we're not going to stand up and flip this state. Like we flipped Virginia because those people, those Southern people in Virginia, they wasn't having it. 
They said, no, we'll, we'll There's go. a way to do it. Well, tell, tell me. Well, I mean, the, 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 you're not going to like the answer, but I'll say it. And that is Republicans are cowards. And as long as Republicans are not fighting, as long as Republicans are are doing all this perfection nonsense and not dealing with reality, then no, it won't work. But maybe it's time that we tell the, Demo- the Republicans that we're going to um, start looking at Democrats who have some common sense. I mean, and I give a good example would be Mays Jackson. I mean, he's a staunch Democrat, but he's got common sense. Well, okay, I got to challenge you on that. What Democrats, okay. he's not running for anything. He's not holding any office. What Democrats have common sense when all of them, uh, name me a couple that didn't vote for this bill. All of them vote lockstep. I don't care if it's national or local. That means you don't have common sense. That, that Simple as that. If you voted for this in the first place, if you voted for the safety act and I have prosecutors right here in the studio telling me it's bad, I'm going to wait and see hands off approach. I don't live here, so it's not affecting me anyway. But you got prosecutors telling you it's a bad thing. A hundred out of one hundred and two. And they still voted for it. Lock and uh, lockstep. Tell me who has common sense. What Democrats have common sense? You know what? Actually, you just answered the question in a different way. Um, prosecutors, we need more prosecutors on our side. We need more judges. And by the way, let's face it, nobody votes for judges when they go and vote. That's a gold mine right there that we can get our hands on. But, not not you know, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's, they took DuPage County. They they drew sub circuits that are designed to elect Democrats. But let me let me challenge you on this one, Tony. What Republicans are you going to tell that they're cowards and didn't step up and do things? Who are we? Who are always? I always hear this. I'm sorry. We always hear this general. We're gonna we're gonna talk to these Republicans. Who are these Republicans that are cowards? Who are the ones who aren't stepping up? Who are the ones we're going to teach a lesson to? Because there aren't any left. There aren't any Republicans. Well, not, not now. Well, I stepped up. I had $5 million spent against me. I'm not a coward. I stepped up. I tried to take a seat back, but I did, couldn't find the support to do it. And gerrymandering doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, Republicans staying home doesn't help. Uh, people with purity tests don't help. It's you got to continue to to push the issues. But it's not as simple as that. we got to try harder. You need a lot more money to combat it. $300,000 against $5 million isn't going to cut it. Well, another thing, too, going back to what you were saying, Verlon, about Virginia, right? Yeah. You, there are fewer right now after this midterm election, uh, at least when the new Congress uh, starts up, there are fewer common sense Democrats around, and Virginia's a perfect. Elaine Loria lost her seat, right? Now, yeah. she lost her seat to someone who was more conservative than her. But she was one of the only sane voices on a lot of issues. And she was very left on some other things, right? I'm not saying that she, she was right about that. But strong on national defense. She was a naval veteran, I believe. Um, she, she really was uh, kind of going to bat a lot of the time for, for civil liberties and stuff like that. And she's not part of that caucus anymore. So the left is getting even further they left. Are. But, what, but what I meant by Virginia is the people. The people stood up. And said, no, we're not for this. This right here that's sitting in front of me, this book and all the stuff that goes with it, we're not for this being taught to our kids. Maybe it's because those people are Southern and we're city. Maybe that made the difference, but they, hey, the people hey, were going for it. Yeah. How many black folks even know about that book? I'll I tell you, not that many. 
I, I talk to them. And they don't know about this book, but they do know something about the sexualizing of the kids. They don't like it, but they're not willing to go down there to those school boards and fight. They just they don't have the will to do it. So well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for the call, Tony. Uh, <laughs> well, it's been a great show. I, I swear, it's been a great show for me. And I want to thank you all for listening and participating. We'll be back with more Black and Right right after these messages. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, Verlon Galloway, with my buddy, Dennis Revelletti. I hope you had a great time, Dennis. I appreciate, Verlon, uh, you inviting me. I've been looking forward to being back on the show. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to have the opportunity to discuss uh, today's issues with you and uh, when John is here as well. What's your New Year's resolution? I think it's to be more open-minded for opportunities for myself and for my family. Sometimes we get very caught up in and being afraid of what might be and what could happen. As we get older, I think we need to be more open to things and, and take those opportunities. I spend more time with the family and, and take better care of myself. I don't mean like I'm going to go run and work out, but I used to run uh, 10Ks and half marathons. I haven't done that for a while, so I want to get back into that. Always felt better about it. We travel. My wife and I traveled to... Uh, a number of states to do that, so I want to try to get back on track with that. All right. Well, my New Year's resolution is to try to help the Republican Party, at least in Illinois, mend this rift that we have, because if we don't, you might as well move. You might as well start talking like Sean Thompson and say, hey, listen, country can separate, I don't care, and and we, we'll lose being a superpower, we'll lose being a country, and and, and we might have a civil war. I don't want that. So I want the Republicans to just start being smart. If you're going to remain here, you've got to play the game. You're going to have to mail-in ballot. You're going to have to early vote. You're going to have to challenge these Democrats on every single level or just move. Because you're not going to win and you're going to stay oppressed. And I don't, I don't want my family to be oppressed. They, a lot of them, they don't have the means to move. So people are going to have to start being smart. Because otherwise you're stuck on stupid. You know, uh, Verlon, I think also I, I've been doing it for 30 years. I guess that makes me the quote unquote establishment, right? That's the, another <laughs> bad general word we hear. But I only became established. I never was involved in politics, but I had the opportunity. I worked my way up. Uh, and now I have an opportunity to come and, and talk to even more people on, on, on your show here. But I think we need to start back at, at the grassroots level. We have local elections coming up. We've got people filing petitions for local offices. I'm helping local candidates back in, in, in our in Addison Township and in our communities. Let's make sure that right now that's the first thing we do. We can't keep sitting at the cemetery. That that election's over. It's dead. It's buried. We lost. We now move on to what we can change. And let's see if we can elect some Republicans at the local offices to fight back against the sexualization of children and, and accepting minor, uh, 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 what's it called now? Uh, uh, my, uh, minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons and, and CRT and, and making sure that our government at the local levels are functioning because those are the ones that are directly impacting our lives more than the, the state government and federal government. So maybe we could all commit as Republicans, come together, let's get local people 
people elected, and then let's come together further in the year to start talking about how do we take the state back, how do we take county boards back, those things. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If we accept this, we're done. Well, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in. I love you, and I'll see you next year with John bringing the pain. I might not give him so much trouble next year, but uh, now nah, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm lying, baby. I'm going to give him hell. I'm dancing my way out the studio, baby. Thank you for tuning in to Black and Right. Peace. <laughs> we partying, baby. New Year's Eve early. I couldn't help noticing you're neither stopping, collaborating, nor listening. Ice, ice, baby. Too cold. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.